What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Diggers podcast on the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrera, and with me, as always, on this beautiful Friday, Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey. As you say beautiful, I, I'm wondering, what's what's the temp like in your area? Because I love me some fall, and now I live in Houston, Texas, and it's a record high 90 degrees here today <laughs> uh, on September 23rd. I want chilly weather. What is it like for you there? It is a balmy 58 right now oh, in Connecticut. That's perfect. That yeah. is just perfection. I'm drinking my Starbucks, and I'm just wishing... It was just a little bit chillier. You're not one of those people that goes pumpkin spice already, are you? I'm not drinking pumpkin spice. I like it, but I'm just drinking a, you know, a brown sugar shaken espresso with oat milk. That's my go-to. Pumpkin spice is just nutmeg, people. I hate to break it to you. It's nothing special. You could have it literally any time of the year. You know what? I love pumpkin beer and I do get pretty pumped for it, but it has to be a little chilly. Like I don't want to drink a pumpkin beer in 90 degree weather. There's just something Mm. about the fall. And you know, it does get a little chilly in Houston. Like once you get into December and January, February, like it gets into the forties and fifties. That's when I guess I'll have to drink my pumpkin beer. But for now I'm stuck with white claws. That's a summer drink. Boy, that's your cross to bear. Uh, we always remind people, rate, review, follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. This one comes from number one Cespedes fan, five stars, awesome podcast, but Rob says this is the best place to get Niners content. They talk about all things 49ers from film breakdown to betting and fantasy. They are the only place I go for 49ers content. However, Rob, dude, you got to chill. It started last year and you've become so negative that Levin has had to become the positive voice so that the gold standard doesn't sound like doom and gloom. You are bringing the East Coast negative media that is totally unnecessary and blows stuff way out of proportion. There's just too much speculation and overreaction to negative stuff that feels like you were just trying to create chaos. Please chill out a little bit and not overreact to every little thing. That's the worst review I've ever seen. I can't believe it. That's unbelievable. No, I'm just kidding. I point things out that I think make sense. And I know a lot of people think it's negative. I don't like when the team tries to BS us. And I feel like that's a lot of times what they try to do. And so I get fired up about that. As you should. As you should. Sometimes I I agree with people. You can be a little negative, but we all can (laughs) about, you know, when you get very, it's a good thing you get emotional about this team. And honestly, I was heartbroken when Trey Lance got hurt. I was just like, I was over like on Sunday watching the game and uh, you know, I I'm working, I'm working other games for my job, but I have the 49ers game up, but I can't pay a hundred percent attention to it. So I always go back and watch the game, but I'm watching it. And then out of the corner of my eye, I see Jimmy Garoppolo start warming up on the sideline. I'm like, what just happened? What just <laughs> happened? And then I go look it up real quick. Cause I'm like, did Trey get hurt? Like I missed that play. And then you see, you know, he's out, but I didn't know the like how bad it was or like what happened. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe you'll miss a game or whatever. And then you get all the reports coming out quickly after that. And I was just like, I was disgusted because I was so excited to see him play. It's not like, obviously this team is still going to be good. Jimmy Garoppolo can bring this team deep. We've seen it. Like they're going to be fine. It's not about that. It's just, I was really excited to get to see what Trey Lance was. And we didn't even get, like, we got one game where it downforce. Like, that's it. That sucks. It's so frustrating because we're going to be talking about all the same stuff we went spent all offseason talking I about. Know, a whole offseason of the, the exact same 
things. Ugh. It's weird. He's frozen. It's it's it was a go- I was legitimately grieving this week. Like I'm just you texted me yesterday like are you over it yet and I'm like barely. Like I'm just getting over it. I think once the game starts on Sunday night and like it's Russ and it's Sunday night football like I'll I'll be fine. But yeah. It was a gut punch for sure. Definitely uh I thought he was concussed because he kind of held his head right after the hit, and it was a big hit, and I was like, oh, no, he has a concussion. And I saw Jimmy warming up. I was like, oh, boy, here we go. And then all of a sudden, I see them bringing out the cart, and I was like, what is going on? And we found out Trey Lance, broken fibula, uh, dislocated ankle, had surgery on Monday. You just dropped this on me before we press record here. You are familiar with this injury. Can you please tell the people? Yeah, fun fact. I have broken my fibula three times in my well, life. <laughs> and as I said, what the hell are you doing? How? It is kind of weird because the first two times I was one years old and I was two years old. So like my life just started in a cast pretty much. My poor parents had to carry me everywhere for pretty much like the first two years of my life, which really sucks for them. The third time I was in ninth grade, I was playing basketball and I broke my fibula. I will say I broke it in April during basketball season. And then I played field hockey for my high school team in September. So I was good to go. So maybe there's hope for Trey Lance. If we want to compare, you know, getting hit by 300 pound men to playing some, (laughs) playing some field hockey with some 13 year old girls. Did you break it kind of higher up on your leg or did you break it more towards your ankle? More towards my ankle. It was at the, it was at the lower end, but my bone was out. Like it was that they didn't have to do any x-rays. The doctor walked in. He was like, Oh, that's broken. It was, <laughs> it was bad. It was gross. Was it a compound fracture? Did the bone break the skin? No, the skin was still intact. I don't know how, I mean, you could see it like pointing out. I mean, Ooh. it was like, it was gross, but so did, no, the did, skin... they have to, did they have to set it? I don't know what they, I didn't have to have surgery. So this is the weird thing. What? Yeah. But this is, this is what I never understood about all these athletes. Anytime they break a bone, it's like, they always get surgery. And for me, I'm like, I broke my bone three times, never had surgery. My sister broke her ankle or broke her wrist didn't have surgery. I, I feel like surgery wasn't a thing back in the day. Maybe <laughs> after every time you broke something, it's interesting now that you have to have surgery. I don't know. Did you have to do any kind of rehab or was it just like letting the bone heal and then you were good to go? Yeah, they put a cast on me. I couldn't walk for a couple months and I was good to go. Hmm. Well, supposedly Lance will be fully healed within 10 to 12 weeks. Now that doesn't include the ligament damage, which did you have ligament damage? I don't know. Nah, let's see. Wait, way to leave us hanging here, Michelle. I'm trying to get. I, I asked my parents, and they're like, "Oh, I have no idea." They're like, "You are a disaster." <laughs> oh, your leg is all screwed up. That's I was a miracle the fourth kid. I was the fourth kid, so by the time it, you know it happened for me, I was in ninth grade. They were over having kids. They were like, "Please be done and leave the house." That's a legit thing. I have two, and trust me, I'm over it after two. Um, <laughs> so, who knows with Trey Lance? Hopefully, he can recover. The good thing, as I pointed out yesterday, is. He's going to be healed and ready to go by OTAs easily. Like he's not going to lose the whole off season of working on his footwork and his throwing delivery and all that stuff. So that's really, really good. That's definitely yeah, a positive huge news. Um, so we'll see, but we push forward with Jimmy Garoppolo now, Michelle. And I thought this was interesting because he has said something multiple times this week. He said it immediately after the game on Sunday and he said it yesterday talking about freedom, how he felt free when he came in the game to throw the ball downfield and how much he likes doing that 
He doubled down on it yesterday, talking about the more freedom you have, the better things will happen. And it's really interesting because he doesn't say anything that could even come close to like criticizing his coach or the play calling or anything. He's never done anything like that. This doesn't seem necessarily like a criticism, but it's almost like he wants someone to know, hey, I want to throw the ball downfield. I like throwing the ball downfield and I can. I just thought that was really interesting this week from him. I mean, he needs to throw it down the field more. So I don't, I mean, he's clearly saying, hey, that's not on me. It's on the coach, which maybe, I mean, he's had nine deep completions since last season, like since the start of last season. Lance has six deep completions. <laughs> so it's like, is it really just Shanahan? Uh, you know, he wasn't really letting Lance pass, but then when he lets him pass, he lets him throw deep. Like, I don't know. It, it seems almost like maybe Garoppolo, you're being too conservative. Like maybe you need to rip it more if that's what you want to do. What take, I don't I don't know really what to take from that. How are you taking it? Well, you know, he said, oh, I felt great. I was throwing it all over the field. It's like, okay, well, you started out four for four last week, and then you were like nine of 17 for 84 yards. So you might have been throwing it deeper down the field, but it wasn't being caught. You had the one good one down the field outside the numbers to Brandon Ayuk that he dropped, but then you had another horrible throw deep in the end zone into double coverage that was like a wounded duck. Like, just because you like to throw it deeper down the field doesn't mean that's what you're good at. And he has three interceptions while throwing it deep. And like I said, he doesn't throw it deep very often. So having three interceptions since 2021 on deep pass attempts, when he has the third lowest deep pass rate in the NFL during that span, it's like, maybe you're not doing it for a reason because you're turning it over. And that should have been a turnover. That pass was bad. I wrote in my notes while watching the game. If Trey Lance threw that, we would have saw it all over Twitter. about what a bad passer he is. It would have been, but since it's Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, he's not as exciting. So people don't really talk about him as much, but they just kind of let it slide. They're like, eh, we don't really expect much from him anyways, but that was a bad pass. Should have been a fourth interception on deep pass attempts. So he, he needs to pick it up at the whole. I like Jimmy Garoppolo as a person. I really do. I have had nothing, you know, I, I don't get as upset about him personally as you do with like him not trying as hard, I guess. But I will say him coming into that game and then the way he reacted afterwards kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Explain. The smile that dude had on his face. <laughs> While Trey Lance is still on the cart getting taken off was disturbing. And yes, you're excited. You're a human being. You get your job back. We get it. Any backup that gets to come into the game is pretty pumped, I'm sure, right? Especially one that used to be a starter. Now he gets his job back. This is awesome for him. Hide it, you weirdo. (laughs) You psychopath. Like, you be a normal human being and hide that excitement for at least 10 minutes, you know, or at least 10 seconds. Cause he came out just with the brightest smile I've ever seen on anyone's face. And then just like afterwards, he's just eating it up. And then the whole media being like, Oh my God, he's signing autographs. For Ugh, I know. How stupid like, David Lombardi. You're such a bootlicker. Like, literally the Steelers players come out to the parking lot after every home game, win or loss. Like you can go out and you can get autographs. Now, not always the stars come out, but I've, Plenty of times I've seen Juju out there like that. Don't be silly. Don't be silly. This is something that teams do. And if they don't, then they need to be better to the fans. 
it's, it's no somebody that had been with the 49ers dr i want to say harry carson i may have that name wrong and i apologize if i do harry edwards i can't remember but he's been around the organization since before they won their last super bowl in 94 he said many 49ers players sign autographs after their press conference they sign them in the rain they sign them in the cold like whatever it's not a th- special thing it's a cool move by jimmy but it's not something that he alone does but michelle you talk about jimmy having the smile the same day that Trey got hurt, anonymous 49ers players are telling Mike Silver, we're a better team now with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like the day Trey Lance got hurt. So there, I've said it many places. As long as Jimmy's in the building, it's Jimmy's team. That's just the way it's going to be. He's got too much equity built up with that locker room. So now they got to win, right? Jason Aponte said it on Tuesday. This is the quarterback that you wanted, right? 49ers, like at least those vets in the room and a lot of fans out there. This is the guy because it's a Super Bowl roster, right? Okay, go win the Super Bowl then. Like, let's see it. Like I said, this team is really, they're a great roster and it is a good thing they still have Jimmy Garoppolo because that ankle injury is going to happen. With, like, it's not like Jimmy Garoppolo made that, it made the broken fibula happen, right? So that's going to happen even if they were to move away from Jimmy Garoppolo. So it's a good thing you have him in your locker room, like 100%. And I will say football gods love Jimmy Garoppolo. There is something that happens when that dude is the starting quarterback. Like just things start happening for the 49ers that wouldn't happen if he wasn't on the team. Like the interceptions that happened, the fumbled hunt that happens it's just like wow football gods love Jimmy Garoppolo and things that he has nothing to do with just make the team better because I don't know he just gets really lucky I think I saw a stat I hope this is right he there's been 11 times in his career where he has not thrown a touchdown pass in a game and he's nine and two in those games something like that if that's not the exact stat it's something like that it's just absurd like I don't know how it happens, but it seems to continue to happen. So, okay, whatever. Let's see. Uh, In terms of this game specifically, there's a couple different storylines that I'm like fascinated by. First is the Broncos know this defense. And the reason they know the defense is because they signed DJ Jones and Kwan Williams this offseason, who played, especially Kwan, I feel like has been with San Francisco for a long time. Like they know this defense, they got the goods. So, can they share that with the Broncos and Nathaniel Hackett? And can he do anything with it? I don't know, but I just, I don't like that as a Niner fan. That makes me a little nervous. Well, also Russell Wilson knows the 49ers defense pretty well. I mean, he's 12 and four career record against them. Jimmy 17 Garoppolo. And four. What'd I just say? You said 12 and four. He's 17 oh. and four, including the playoffs. I have 17 and four right in front of my eyes. So I have no idea why I said 12 and four, but yes, I said, I'm trying to make four. up for it now. <laughs> no, I do. I literally have it right in front of my eyes, but Jimmy Garoppolo versus Russell Wilson is one and four. And the only one win he has is because Dre Greenlaw made an amazing tackle at the goal line um, on Jacob Hollister. So yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson is pretty good against the 49ers knows how to do it has 11 and two pass touchdown interception ratio in those games versus Jimmy Garoppolo and Garoppolo has a four touchdown to five interception ratio (laughs) in those same games. So we need Jimmy Garoppolo to not turn the ball over and not give the Broncos easy field position because they have been struggling so far. Russell Wilson, the Broncos offense has been struggling to get into the end zone. So don't make it easier on them. Make them go down the field and push it into the end zone. 
Yeah, so the Broncos are really weird. They have had trouble getting it into the end zone, but they do move the ball okay. It's just yep. finishing. They have 296 more total yards than their opponents so far this year, but they're 0-5 in goal-to-go possessions. They had a couple fumbles we saw in week one. They just like they just had some kind of weird things happen to them in the red zone, but I don't care, man. I don't care. I don't care about this. Russ is always good. It's a new day, man. Let's go. I think this defense is going to get after Russell Wilson. I really do. I don't think he's quite as athletic as he used to be. He doesn't seem to have the same kind of Houdini-ness to him. He's still mobile. He can still move around and slide and stuff. But I don't know that we're going to see these plays where he drops back 10 yards, does a spin move, rolls out. Like I don't know that he's the same guy anymore. I think just that little difference might be enough for the 49ers to pressure him into some turnovers. Yeah, he definitely doesn't look like the same guy. I do think things will get better. I think the coaching has been atrocious. I think getting the play calling in has been atrocious. Four penalties for delay of games, which is tied for the most uh, for the Broncos in a in a se- in a full season, which is wow. kind of crazy. And they've played uh, two games so far, so they really need to get that under control. But I do think like things have to change for them when it comes to the red zone failures. Like, it's not going to keep up. It's just things. I don't I, like it's Russell Wilson. They're going to figure it out, but they have failed to score on all six of their red zone drives, but they, ha- they have six red zone drives. So that's a good <laughs> thing. And they are only one of two teams that have a 0% red zone touchdown percent this year. It's Denver and Seattle, which is kind of crazy because Wilson with the Seahawks last year, they were great in the red zone. They had the third highest touchdown percentage in the NFL last season. The Broncos have had five straight goal-to-go drives without scoring a touchdown this season. That ties for the longest such streak by any team to start a season in the last 30 seasons. So things have to change. It can't get worse. And hopefully, you know, the 49ers can still hold them, but I wouldn't expect them to have these same struggles like continue. Well, you mentioned the red zone. The Niners have struggled in the red zone this year as well. They have not been able to cash in anywhere near as close as they were last year when they were the best team in the league in that area. That may be the most immediate area where things improve for the Niners going from Trey Lance to Jimmy Garoppolo. That may be the red zone where they may be able to find more success. You know, Jimmy's obviously played in the league, knows the system. He knows how the windows tighten up down in the red zone. So that could be an area, hopefully, where they're able to cash in a little more. And I just feel like we know the script with the 49ers, right? We know they're going to move the ball down the field. We know they're going to get in the red zone. How many touchdowns can they get versus how many times do they have to kick field goals? Because I feel it seems like every game the Niners have like three or four red zone possessions and they get a touchdown on like one of them. And then they kick field goals. And then we have to just sit there with our butts clenched for the rest of the game while we're praying that the defense can hold the other team off. I do think this is going to be a game that they have to score because for some reason, I do think I I believe that Russell Wilson and the Broncos offense will get back on track. will score some of these touchdowns. So they're going to have to keep up with them. Now, both defenses are really, really good. So I don't expect this to be too high scoring of a game, but you just, it's really hard to win a game. If you're consistently kicking field goals instead of punching into the end zone, which it's weird. You say that you think it's going to be better with Jimmy. Cause we like in the off season, we were like, that's where they should have a lot of success because it's going to be really hard to defend Trey Lance, whether he's going to run or pass uh, and, or they can hand it off. And now it's pretty much just, you you lose one of those elements because Jimmy's not going to 
Not well, hold on. Didn't you see the, the Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> option keeper, la- which was such an absurd play call that Kyle Shanahan is so lucky that Jimmy Garoppolo did not get hurt on that play because then the quarterback in that game last week would have been Kyle Juszczyk. He's the emergency quarterback. I was I was stunned that Kyle ran that play last week, and he kind of like joked about it afterwards. And he but- got tangled, like he got taken down near his ankles as well. Like he just got lucky that he wasn't the one injured. And that's my whole thing too, with Jimmy being so happy and smiling. It's like, would you have liked that if you got hurt last year and Trey Lance came out and was like, <laughs> this is the best day of my life. Like <laughs> you wouldn't have liked that. You wouldn't have liked that. Like be a better human being. Yeah, it's it's rare too because Jimmy's usually pretty like he understands the perception and all of that stuff. Maybe this year he's like, whatever, man, YOLO. Like I'm ain't gonna be here next year, and who knows? Although he may be at this rate. God, <laughs> that's a whole other discussion. But so it's gonna be fascinating. And then the other storyline for Sunday night's game is that Kyle's dad Mike is going into the Broncos Ring of Honor. Which shout out to the Broncos. I thought it was really classy of them to wait until this week to do it because Mike has all those years in San Francisco as an offensive coordinator. He was the OC there when they beat the Chargers in 94 to win the Super Bowl. So really cool move that they waited that Kyle could have that moment with his dad and the family. Like, it's a cool thing. But I also think Kyle's going to want to, like, drop 50 on Denver. I think Kyle's (laughs) going to want to light it up because of that and just make it like, you know, oh, what a great night. What a great memory for the Shanahan family. And, like, you know what? Good. Like, it's about time Kyle tries to light it up here. Like, what are you waiting for? Too do many you games. think he's going to do that? Because, I mean, how often does he come out trying to light it up? So why you think this this whole thing with his dad is really going to change like his approach at the start of the game? I think it is. I hope it is. Can something change it? Will it ever change? I mean, damn, if you've got a 10 point lead and there's two minutes left in the game or like a minute or in the half rather and like a minute and 30, something like that. And the Niners get the ball with a couple of timeouts, like go down the field, even if there's 30 seconds try to move the ball down the field. He's so content to go into the locker room with a 10 point lead. And I don't know why it's so stupid. A 10 point lead is nothing in the NFL. It's nothing. We just saw the friggin' Dolphins score 21 points in the fourth quarter, whatever it was like 10 point lead is not going to hold up over an entire half. Kyle, I don't care how good you think your defense is. Yeah. I mean, it's true. He has to be, he has to go for it a bit more, be more aggressive. I will see the defense just looks so good which is exactly what it needed to be. And mm-hmm. now they have faced two opponents, the maybe the two worst offenses in the league, possibly. So we'll see how good they are once they start facing like, real quarterbacks and real, you know, you, with the with the Bears, I like Justin Fields. Don't get me wrong, but there are zero wide receivers that matter for that team. And then, I mean, Geno Smith should not be an NFL starting quarterback. So we'll we'll see what they look like, especially against Russell Wilson. But Hufanga looks so good. Nick Bose is doing his thing. Can I say one thing? One more hater thing. Uh-oh. And then Nick Bosa, get a better celebration. What is this? <laughs> what is this? Like, this does not do anything to excite anybody. Like, you know how TJ Watt, like after a sack, he goes up and like kicks his leg. Like, I like that's awesome. That gets good the one. crowd. That gets the crowd going. This little like thing, like ooh, he like, just throws his hands up. That is weird. It's like such a weird celebration for such a good player. But like, that's who he is. Like, be have you ever heard him do interviews or like when he goes to the podium? Like, his voice does not match up the kind of like intense, like all gas, no breaks type of player that he is. He's just like a soft spoken guy, and he just 
He the only time he didn't do that little shrug is when he got Baker on Monday Night Football, and then he did the mock flag celebration uh, like Baker did when he played. Uh, but that gets the team so pumped up. Like, yeah, it, I, Nick Bosa is so good. Like, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. But like, come on, bring a little bit more. Get them fired up, like ready to go in the next play. Like, cause and just get the crowd so into it as well. I mean, obviously they're already excited for the, the, the sack, but if you bring in that celebration as well, like when TJ Watt comes out and does that kick, it's just like, Oh my God, it's excitement. <laughs> it, it's can, like, it's life. It brings life to you, but Nick Bosa, fix it, fix it. Someone, I, someone teach him something cooler. I just want to say one more thing. And it's the last time I'm going to mention this because Trey is hurt. So it's not going to matter. But if Trey Lance, went out on Sunday night football on this Sunday and threw for seven of 11 for 70 yards with an interception, like Justin Fields did last week against the Packers, he would be getting crucified by everybody. And I don't know why Justin Fields is covered in Teflon, but that's it's a because terrible... he's passing to Dante Pettis and equinemius St. Brown. Okay. And but you know like what? Nobody's if he this had Devo Samuel two. and like, it's a completely different when you have Devo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. And I guess George Kittle hasn't been out there for Trey Lance this year, but like, it's, it's different in Kyle Michelle, Shanahan. It's very different. Michelle, I'm not saying he's got to throw for 400. Can you throw for 100? How about that? I don't care who your receivers are. It's never been easier to pass in the history of professional football. You got to be able to throw for a hundred yards. If Trey Lance did that, he'd be getting crushed. Yeah. Nobody's saying boo about Justin. I Fields. will say, I think more than ever, we are realizing how important wide receivers are for uh, quarterbacks, just in general. I mean, you saw Josh Allen become a good passer once he got Stephon Diggs. You see Tua now finally breaking out because they got him a speedster and Tyreek Hill, like the best deep receiver in the league you see Jalen Hurts taking this next step now that they got him AJ Brown like not only do you need good wide receivers you need an elite wide receiver it feels like to be good in the NFL as a quarterback as of late and I feel like they're finally realizing that you can't really determine if a quarterback is good or bad until you get him those those weapons and it's not even like Lance has okay ones he has the guys that won't even start on other teams, maybe Darnell Mooney, but he's put up what, like eight, rece eight receiving yards this season. I don't know. Lamar Jackson seems to be doing okay without a lead. Rashad Bateman is a first round pick. So what? Who cares? So was Rashad Bateman is a very good wide receiver. AJ Jenkins was a first round pick. Trust me. That doesn't make you good. But Rashad Bateman is a very good wide receiver. So give me a break. I just think that he needs to get way more criticism and who knows if he will, whatever. And again, Trey Lance is gone. So it's the last time I'm going to do that. But I just had to get that in because I, it just bothered the hell out of me. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get to Michelle's best bets of the week. Hopefully we can win you a little cash. Back here on the Gold Diggers podcast. Okay, not going to lie, Michelle. I'm going to give you a pass on the Trey Lance thing last week because you had the over on passing yards. He got hurt, so we never got to see it. But the Tyler Lockett bet was under three and a half catches. <laughs> He ended up like leading the leading the game in yards. He had an unbelievable day for the Seahawks. So that was tough. But you know, hope springs eternal. I will point out you did nail the Debo Samuel over on the rushing yards and one run, basically. Uh the 51 yarder. So it wasn't a total loss, but we're back. It's week three. And I hit on my Noah fan one. I don't know why you're so determined to only make it three. You only count three of mine, but I hit on Noah Fant. So that's two for one. Or two wins, one loss, and then a Trey Lance, we don't know. 
Well, it's a loss. I mean, if you bet that, you lost your money. Yeah, but yeah, I can't. But what? I can't predict injuries. I'm sorry. Well, hey, that's the risk you take when you plunk the money down, right? I had Trey Lance bet to win the MVP this year. That ain't happening. I can't yeah. get that money back. That's not it. how it works, sadly. All right. This week, what do you like? I, you know, I am just in love with those longest receptions. They're just some of my favorite bets. And I feel like it's probably my best percentage that I hit on. So I'm going to stick with it because I like winning. I'm going to take the Devo Samuel over 22 and a half yards longest reception for this game. Now he doesn't have a 23 yard catch yet this season, but he had 20 of them last season, which was tied for the second most such receptions in the NFL. It was tied with Justin Jefferson and Tyler Lockett. Only Cooper cup had more. So I think he gets his first one this week. And then also Brandon Ayuk's longest reception is 21 and a half, which I want to take both because Ayuk has actually done it both games this season. He has a 31 yarder and a 25 yarder. There's only been one game since the start of the 2021 season that the Broncos did not allow a 23 yard or longer reception in a game. That was week 14 versus the Lions. Now the Lions are a little bit better this season, but you know, it's like it was the Lions. And they've allowed multiple such receptions in 13 games in that span, including both games this season. They've allowed Will Disley and Kobe Parkinson to have it in week one. Now they're both tight ends, but still. And then in week two, Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks each had 23 yards or longer reception last week. So I think Samuel and Ayuk can definitely do it. I think both of them can do it. Now, full disclosure, at the time we're recording this, they don't have any George Kittle props up yes. because it's still technically not a given that he's going to play. Although Kyle Shanahan literally said on Friday morning that he'd be surprised if Kittle doesn't play. We've seen Kittle go for over 200 yards in a half against the Denver Broncos. Assuming he's going to play, let's say his longest reception was right there at, you know, 21 yards, 21 and a half yards. Would you put him in that mix as well? Or would you still stick with Debo and Ayuk? I would do all three. There's been there's been times, like multiple occasions, where the Broncos have allowed three plus players to do it in the game uh over these last two seasons. So it's not like it, it can't happen. And I, I just think that's where they're going to get a lot of chunk plays in this defense. The Broncos have a good defense, they have a good pass defense, but they still do allow these chunk plays here and there. And I think that's where they're going to have their best success in this game. And honestly. Debo Samuel, it just takes a screen pass. That's it. And he can take it. And same thing for Ayuk, really. And really same thing for Kittle. So it's not even like you need them deep. They're going to get it yards after the catch. And that's what I love about these bets. But for Kittle, I would prefer to just take his over and his total yards. Honestly, I guess we don't know what it is, but I can't imagine that they have it too high in his first game back. So if it's around 40 yards, like smashing that over. It's interesting because I feel like with Trey Lance in there, these plays would be all air yards, right? It would just be, oh, he throws to Ayuk 20 down, 20 yards down the field. He caught it. Okay, good. You hit the over. Now with Jimmy, it's okay. He's thrown a screen pass. Can Debo run the other 15 yards or 20 yards or same thing with Ayuk? So it's going to be done a little differently, but you may have more chances to do it because Kyle's going to get the ball in their hands quickly and let them work after the catch. I do feel like Ayuk has been a little more involved this year, which is so good because I feel like he is really freaking good. And it's nice to see him not get frozen out at the beginning half of the year like he did last year. Oh, he's so good. They need to target him more now that he should have caught that pass. 
It was a good throw from Jimmy Garoppolo on the sideline. You need to come down with that. But he, yeah, he's a playmaker. He's great. They need to get him more involved. But I, I always say that. And then Debo Samuel touches the ball. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> this guy needs 30 touches a game. And that's kind of, can I get into my next bet here? Of course. Debo Samuel over 33 and a half rush yards. I, I took the over last week on his rushing yards. And I just, I'm, until he proves me wrong, like, I'm just going to keep hitting the over. He's hit this in nine of his last 13 games, including the playoffs. The games he didn't hit 34 rushing yards, it was 26, 32, 29, and then there was a 19. So that was really the only one that was far off of this. Um, he's had, he did have his fewest rushing attempts last week since week nine, 2021, but like they were up big. There is no reason to risk his injury uh, near the end of that game. Now Ty Davis price is hurt too. Like they need <sighs> Debo to be a running back basically again. And he's so good at it. It's insane. How good of a running back Debo Samuel is. So I'm taking this over 33 and a half rushing yards. The weird thing is it's actually gone down. Now it's a 31 and a half, which is like, why would you think it's going to go down with all the stuff you just mentioned? Especially, like you said, no Ty Davis price in this one. Even the play last week, because he basically had that one run and then that was it. He had a 51 yard run. I think he finished the day with like 54 rushing yards. So he did nothing on those other carries. But even on that play, that's a, a misread by Trey. Trey should have kept the ball, but he gave it to Debo. And there's a guy who lost yards. Like yeah. Debo should have lost yards on that play. He's insane. He's he is so good. And they need to figure out like they haven't been getting him the ball enough this season, like not even close. They need to figure out ways to get the ball into Debo Samuel's hand because good things happen all the time. And you, he could break off a 50 yard play at any given moment. And he clearly did last week. Not only did he not get tackled for loss, not only did he get it back to the line of scrimmage, he ran it 50 yards down the field. He's ridiculous. I want to see them get Debo more involved as a passer because the first guy never brings him down. I would like the first guy to be close to Debo when he gets the ball to be a defensive back because if he breaks that tackle, which he pretty much always does, he could go for a touchdown. Like as opposed to having to break three linebacker tackles, avoid a D lineman, and then get to the second level in the secondary. Hopefully with Jimmy back, that'll be one thing that they can do. Cause people forget he was off to an incredible pace as a wide receiver in the first half of last year. He had like 1100 yards in like 10 games. I'll say that's my biggest criticism here. It's like, why does it have to be one or the other, right? Like why, when he gets six or seven carries in a game, then he doesn't get targets in the game. It's like, what is he doing for the rest of the time? It's only <laughs> six carries. So he's he got a rest, out, Michelle. <laughs> he should be out there running rounds and get him the ball. Because like you said, like when you get him the ball in space uh, in the passing game, I mean, even better things happen. So I don't like he should be able to use, be used both ways. And it, feels like he either has a big game on the ground or through the air and it's rare when it's both but it's like get him involved in both and he's like unstoppable so Debo over 31 and a half rush yards uh what is your next best bet all right I'm gonna take Russell Wilson over one and a half passing touchdowns he actually has plus odds for this so plus 110 which means if you bet a hundred dollars you win 110 you take home 210 dollars uh, that's just, I love those odds for this bet. Yes. He only has one passing touchdown in each game so far this season with the Broncos, but I don't think that's going to last. We already talked about that. It, the, they're getting into the red zone. It's just not 
It's not happening. I mean, last week, Cortland Sutton, like it was what a millimeter that Cortland Sutton's out of bounds. And that's a second touchdown right there. Like they've just had bad luck. And then the two fumbles, but that would have been running backs. But anyways, besides the point, Wilson has had two passing touchdowns in six of his last seven games last season. And then he's had two plus pass touchdowns in each of his last five games versus the 49ers and in eight of the last 10 games versus the 49ers. So I think this happens here. The 49ers have such a good rush defense that I can't see Javante Williams or Melvin Gordon getting fed too much on the ground. And I, I believe Sutton will score at least once in this game and he'll find someone else in the end zone as well. Russ, we know Russ is going to throw one of those moon balls. We absolutely know it. Um, I, I think that's a good bet, to be honest with you. I know that Denver hasn't looked like we all expected. I mean, Russ was literally getting booed last week at home, which is kind of bizarre. But it's only a matter of time before he figures it out. And as good as the 49ers defense has been, I don't know if they're going to be this good. Like they have allowed 142 and a half passing yards per game so far this year. That's number one in the league. That is ungodly low. That, like yeah. that is just not going to continue. And Russ, you know, he had over 300 yards last week too. So he's going to move the ball. He's going to move it through the air. And I think if the Broncos are going to score, I think it's going to be through the air as frustrating as it is to admit. So I do think that that is a good bet. It's it's hard to bet against Russ, against the 49ers in any way because of how good he has been against them in his career. So I totally get why you're going over the one and a half passing touchdowns. I love it. Now, they don't have any tight end uh, props for the Broncos. You, you know, take I, the under I, on everything. I would take the under and everything. You know I love those. Those are easy wins. Maybe that's why they kept them off because they're like, no. Not against the 49ers, not these random Broncos tight ends. But if those pop up, I don't really care what the stat line is. Just take the under. What I'm a little worried about, I think the, the Broncos run game is going to have to carry the water a little bit in this one. Javante Williams is really, really good. His they longest rush. to feed him. I don't know why they did. Like, he's good, man. So His good. longest rush in this game, uh, the prop is 13 and a half yards. I might take the over on that. I think he's going to be able to pop at least one. I, I I hope that the Broncos stay away from him. That's what scares me the most as a Niner fan right now. But the thing is, the 49ers run defenses look so good, and they faced two decent running backs. I mean, David Montgomery, and then you have Rashad Penny, who averages a ton of rushing yards yeah, per carry in his career. You love him. He stinks. He was so good last year. They're not fading him this year. And then the 49ers destroyed him. I mean, they kept him to nothing. That's kind of what scares me with this. It's like, yeah, Javante Williams has been really good on the ground when they do feed him. But it, are they, is their run defense just that good? And I, I think it could be. Like David Montgomery averaged what? I mean, two yards per carry against the 49ers. <laughs> and then against the Packers, he looked fa like fantastic. The second game, David Montgomery was killing it. So maybe their run defense is just that good. I feel better saying I think their run defense is probably elite and will be this entire season over their pass defense being as elite as they look just because the quarterbacks they played. I'm not sure yet, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, the Niners have given up the second fewest rushing yards, by the way. Just 67 and a half rushing yards per game allowed by the 49ers. So yeah. one thing I want to say real quick. So Javante Williams longest rush this year is only 17 yards, uh, 17 yards. It. That was in week two and then 13 yard longest rush in week one. 
So I do, I don't know. 13 and a half kind of seems long. Vegas knows what they're doing. This just in, right? They always <laughs> know the perfect uh, spot to put it down. I want to see, I've said that this is the perfect opportunity for the Niners to kind of put the league and especially the NFC on notice, right? Sunday night football, everybody's watching next week in week four against the Rams. It's Monday night football. So another primetime game, it could be a chance for the 49ers to tell the rest of the NFC, like, guess what? The team that nobody wanted to see in the playoffs last year, we're back. Here we are. We're coming. We've settled all our quarterback crap this year because Trey Lance is not going to be coming back. So that's all in the past behind us. And now we're just the bully is back. We're going to come out and punch you in the face and we'll see if you can stop it. Honestly, NFC teams do not look very good right now. Right. The Rams have looked like they looked decent the first half last game. I mean, week one, they look terrible. You have the Packers being pretty just meh. Like I know they beat up on the Bears, but it was like, eh. And they got killed week one. And they could be, they could start the season one and two if they yep. lose to the Buccaneers, or you have the Buccaneers losing, which is great. Uh this week. We'll we'll see which one Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. But and then you have the Eagles, they look good, but you know, we'll we'll see what happens. They're with unproven. Them. Yeah, exactly. The Cowboys look bad. I mean, everybody. That NFC is as weak as we thought it was going to be. I was really hoping for a Cowboys loss. Like, okay, you lost your quarterback. Come on, Cincinnati. Like, help us out, you know, because I always want the other NFC teams to lose. And so for the Cowboys to get that win last week, that just pissed me off. Like, damn it. What are we talking about here? We're opposite but, sides of that one, but. Well, yeah. I'll give it to you. Your Steelers Suck. on Thursday yeah. night football last they night, suck. Michelle. We don't need to talk about it. We don't need to talk about it. They're so bad. What frustrates me even more is my dad thinks like their offense is just fine. And it's just like, well, okay. I guess you have very low standards. They couldn't I mean, be a worse offense if you. If I Pickens don't know. doesn't make that incredible catch last night, what your offense has done like nothing. They even did nothing with that catch. I mean, yes, they scored 14 points. That's not that's not good enough. No, they're brutal. They're they're not fun to watch at all. Thank goodness I have the 49ers to root for. <laughs> oh, like hopefully Jimmy Garoppolo can stay healthy and they they can go deep. But uh, looking at the 49ers schedule here, nine of their next 11 games are pretty hard. Like you can't say confidently like, yep, the 49ers will get a win here. They should be in the game. Even then, from there we'll see. Uh, you know, if they can pull out the win, but I think yeah. this next stretch of games, like you got to win one of these next two games against the Broncos or the Rams. Cause it gets really hard uh, starting in the mid season. So they've got the Rams twice before the bye. They've got Kansas city right after the bye. They played the chargers. They've got Arizona mixed in there too. Miami now is suddenly looking like potentially that could be a much more difficult game. It, it's going to pick up. Buccaneers. Yeah, Tom who knows Brady. if Tom Brady's going to even be the quarterback at that point, man. Oh, there are such it. bad vibes with Tampa Bay. Yeah, like, but they'll probably be healthy by then. I mean, that's December 11th. And then even in there, it's the Saints that you pass over. Like, the Saints defense right now is looking real good. I mean, you have Jameis Winston. Who... As long as they have Jameis, I will never, ever, ever worry about the Saints ever in a million years. Did you see the video, by the way, um, with the Bucks? Leonard Fournette was... So after the game, I can't remember who it was for the Bucs. It was one player that was like, uh, did you see Jameis Winston? The last year he was with us, he threw 30 picks. We knew he was going to get us the ball, which is <laughs> hilarious and true, by the way. So then after the game, Leonard Fournette is doing Instagram Live, and somebody walks up to that guy that gave the interview and was like, hey, man, 
why did you say that about Jameis? And Fournette turns around. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, don't say anything. We're on the gram. And I heard that guy go, I don't care if you're on Instagram live. I, Jameis, you know, like I said it. And I just love that. And I totally agree. Jameis stinks. He's a pumpkin. And the Saints defense could be as good as it wants to be. But as long as Jameis is there, I'm not including them as contenders in the NFC. Yeah, no, I'm not either. I was just bringing up their defense looks really good, but their defense always goes through like streaks. Like they're either really amazing or then all of a sudden they allow everything. So, and at least the game is in San Francisco. I think that's kind of huge, but these next four games, I think are massive for the 49ers because they get the Broncos and the Rams. And I think they need to win at least one of those because the Panthers and the Falcons, those should be wins. So if you can set up a really nice record before you get into the super hard schedule, then they should be completely fine. Like you can't expect them to win every hard game, but if they're going to be true contenders, they should win against good teams, at least 75% of the time. If you can win one of these next two, and then, you know, at worst go three and one through your first four games, when you lose Kittle for two, you lose your starting running back basically before he even finishes week one. You lose your starting quarterback. You lose another backup running back. Like that would be an incredible start to the year for the 49ers. They always say that coaches kind of break the season down into quarters. Now, I know it doesn't work perfectly now because they play 17 games, but they kind of always have looked at it like, okay, in our first four, can we go at least two and two? You know, that type of thing. If you had told everybody in the beginning of the year the Niners would go three and one through the first four games of the year, I think everybody would have taken it. And that's where we could be as long as they win one of these next two games. Well, you'd have to win both to go three and one. Oh, yeah, that's true because they lost <laughs> the first game. Sorry, my math, my math skills are a little bad. I'll probably but... just delete that whole thing by the time this airs. <laughs> <laughs> two and two would be great times. as well uh after like after losing against the bears in week one if you're two and two but let's just say they should beat they should beat the broncos they're a better team than the broncos and then they should beat the rams because they almost always beat the rams so they could be three and one i have seen nothing from matthew stafford that makes me think his arm is any better than I thought it was going to be going into the year. I mean, they literally, the Rams almost blew a 28 to three lead against the Falcons. If that doesn't portend bad things for LA, I don't know what does. Oh my goodness. I was working that game and I was like, if the Falcons come back, <laughs> you had it all ready right? to three. I was like, please don't do this to me. Cause I would have had to, had to do a whole like written couple pages on the stupid 28 to three comeback <laughs> like, please 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 even though like that would have been great for the rams to lose but i was like of course the score was 28 to three by the way want to give you a little bit of love you got a special shout out from scott pioli on twitter the other day who specifically gave you a little bit of love for coming up with some research for him so congratulations on that and for anybody that doesn't know michelle writes a weekly fantasy football column for nfl.com I assume it's up now. Is that correct? Yes, it's out there. If you type in week three fantasy matchups, it'll be on NFL.com. One more little bit of uh, piece of news here before we go, and we're going to be talking about this a lot going forward. Want to shout out Homage, the first sponsor of the Niners Nation podcast network. We love Homage. If you are unaware, they have, uh, they're an officially licensed NFL merchandise dealer. They have awesome 
awesome stuff. They have hooked all of us up, the entire Niners Nation crew. They have hooked us up with some shirts that you're going to be seeing pretty soon. And we are so pleased and privileged to have them come on board. If you want to check out their stuff, there's a link in our show notes, all our show notes. We can go click. It'll take you right to the 49ers stuff. And they got us looking good this year. Oh, their shirts are awesome. I have a sick Debo shirt riding, riding his bike. It's amazing. It's fantastic. But they have a, a lot of awesome shirts. So go check them out. I have a couple of their Steelers shirts. They're just so comfortable. They're amazing. They're stylish. Like I feel feel good wearing them out. And uh, yeah, go check them out. They were like, oh, we'll send you a shirt so you can wear it. And I was like, awesome. Can you can you send me two? Can you send me three? Like I'll, I'm so not above needy. it. I'll take it, man. Load me up. I need more 49ers stuff. Everybody knows that. But we are uh, grateful to have them come on board. So, by the way, anybody else? I'm just saying we're more than happy to take your money at Niners Nation. Anyway, <laughs> enjoy the games, everybody. Remember, we have the crossover podcast that comes out tomorrow. I spoke with Brandon Cristal, and yes, that is his name, of KOA in Denver, all about some of the issues the Broncos have been having and about why maybe he thinks it's not as bad as it looks. But that comes out tomorrow in the crossover podcast and then after the game. Instant Reaction Podcast on the Niners Nation Facebook, YouTube, Twitter pages, my Twitch page at Stats on Fire. Shout out to everybody in the UK that has jumped on board that. Really appreciate it. We're the place to be, man. Plenty more Niners Nation coverage. Michelle, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. I hope Kenny Pickett starts for your Steelers next week. Are you hoping that as well? Yes, it's it's time, but it's not going to happen. Mike Tomlin already said no. Yeah, well, talk is cheap. Let's see what he actually does when he watches that film and he realizes, holy hell, Mitch Trubisky ain't it. Enjoy the game, everybody. We'll talk to you afterwards. Bye, y'all.